So in these last five weeks, we have been examining the Noble Eightfold Path uh, through what's called the Eight Cultivations, just as a little review. And they are in three different groups, disciplines. One is ethical conduct. And we... We started with right understanding and we've heard talks, wonderful talks, Steve, Christopher and Jane on right thought, right speech. And then under mental discipline, right action, right livelihood. Today we're gonna hear right effort and then also the wisdom cultivations of right mindfulness and right concentration. So today in inviting Jane to do right effort, I was thinking about her effort and especially in this last year or more When I read a line about right effort, it says, the Buddha doesn't say what we should do. He simply points to the value of putting one foot in front of the other. Whatever we do, if we stick with it, we will learn something about what we are doing through the process of doing it. Yes, one foot after another, one opening of the heart after another as This year has really been a trial for many of us, but I just want to thank Jane for coming forward and doing all you've done for both Everyday Zen and Heart of Compassion and to just say welcome and please Mm -hmm. speak to us. Thank Mm, you. My pleasure and thank you so much for asking me and hello to everybody. So good to see all your faces. It buoys me up. So, yes. Can you hear me okay? Is my voice level all right? All right. So I I vowed in the new year to not listen to the news while I'm eating. So I'm not sure what happened last night, but probably the wars continue, as do violence and confusion systemic injustice and climate change. So maybe it's safe to say it is in the midst of change that we as humans always experience our lives. My my assignment from Sean of speaking to right effort is seeming like the step along the eightfold path that could be most useful to me, to us, when we ask the chaos around us. What can I do to relieve suffering? And how should I do it? Right effort is defined in an article in Tricycle entitled The Noble Eightfold Path, The Buddha's Practical Instructions to Reach the End of Suffering by Walpola Sri Rahula. Right effort is the energetic will 
to prevent evil and unwholesome states of mind from arising and to abandon such evil and unwholesome states that have already arisen, to cultivate, to cause to arise good and wholesome states of mind not yet arisen and to preserve the good and wholesome states of mind already present. When I take a step back and listen to the words of that definition of right effort, especially the words prevent, abandon, cultivate, preserve, I'm reminded of no human experience I've had more than that of being a gardener. How I get up and I go to the garden. I imagine flowers, fruits, vegetables, being there that aren't there now. And I get my gloves and my spade and my rake, and with each shovel full of dirt, I literally turn the earth over, over and over again. And once I've cultivated the plants I've imagined, I maintain them by watering, weeding, feeding them. It's such a clear and simple, inspiring, right effort metaphor for me. It's also true, as Norman says, the earth is always showing us something new. And as I've been learning again from the past 10 weeks of studies of Vazubandhu in everyday Zen, we as humans are perpetually perceiving only part of the picture. Our humanness has a gap. We are limited by our senses, our mindsets, our histories, our conventions that we've developed to survive ourselves and as creatures on this rambunctious and restless earth. My wonderings about what to do and how to do it when it comes to addressing war, violence, politics, climate change, suddenly feel much more complicated than the garden. Some treatises on right effort, like Zenki Mary Mosin's article in the Eightfold Path, edited by Jikyo Cheryl Wolfer, emphasize that right effort also depends on the coming together of energy and intention. In my gardening metaphor, there is clear intention. I want flowers and vegetables. And there's implicit energy from myself and from the energy I'm met with by the sun and the earth, which brings its weather and its normal growing seasons and its fertility. I looked it up as of Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. There are 8 billion 86,619,545 humans on earth. Sitting with that number feels daunting. Bringing right effort to the problems of this group of us feels to me like it requires something even beyond intention and energy. Applied to the garden metaphor for right effort, it feels like 
trying to imagine the idea of flowers and vegetables as if we'd never seen them before. I listen to Norman's talks a lot and I often find a phrase or concept that gives me hope. One of them is, the world itself is a creative endeavor. And our zazen practices are more than sitting with calming ourselves. In zazen, we are revolutionizing and liberating the mind and all of life. Ours is a practice of turning the world upside down and changing the way we situate ourselves in our minds. When I think about creativity, I begin to think about my past life as as an artist. And I begin to think about friends who are artists, many of whom survive day to day being creative. I started calling them and asking them some questions like, what calls you to create? And what do you do if nothing comes? One friend said, color calls me. Sometimes it's just a certain blue that I want to try to create and I follow that. Another friend said, my heart being open. There was a moment on the subway in Tokyo, she said, when I was getting ready to return to the States and end my career as a journalist. And a friend asked me, so what are you going to do? She said she told him, I want to paint. And then she told me, I started to cry. Last year, just after my husband died, a friend of mine, who is my main film and animation collaborator, took me to an animation festival in Croatia. There, to my surprise, was a filmmaker, an animator whom I greatly admire, William Kentridge, and he was teaching a master class. After my talks with my artist friends, I went back to my notes from that class seeking some answers from him. Here are some of the things he said. As artists, we must guard our unknowing and realize the self is always a construction. Then he said, create the studio, clear the desk, approach each day trusting and believing in the way you think through your body walk around the studio, listen to peripheral thinking, gather images, ideas, feelings, words. Keep the work in front of you. Inspiration comes from what is happening in the work itself. Understand what's coming towards you. Understand when it arrives. Do not wait for inspiration. Remember what is actually produced is secondary to the process. By making, creating, imagining from you, beyond you, you are filling the gap in our humanness.
reading those notes again, surrounded by the current upheavals in my life and our lives. I asked myself my own question, what calls you to create? And I answered myself with the question, what keeps me from creating? Then I tried a technique that Frank Ostaseski sometimes uses in his Dharma seminar breakout groups of calling myself by name and asking myself the same question three times. Jane, what keeps you from creating? What keeps you, Jane, from creating? What keeps you from creating, Jane? After asking myself three times and coming up with the answer, fear, I turned to another source of insights for me. Sue Moon's and Florence Kaplow's book, The Hidden Lamp, Stories from 25 Centuries of Awakened Women. In one story, Upalavana, a 6th century BCE Indian Bodhisattva, was visiting the home of some young noble women and encouraging them to become nuns. They replied that they were young and eager for life and that it would be hard for them to keep from breaking the precepts. Little did the girls know of Uvalavana's own story of having been a prostitute, suffering through two disastrous marriages. Upalavana replied, if you break the precepts, you break the precepts. To which the girls replied, but if we break the precepts, we'll fall into a hell realm of suffering. Why would you have us do that? I remembered another conversation I'd had with an artist friend, this one a retired trapeze artist in a homegrown and storied pickle family circus in the 70s and 80s. She reminded me about the banner in their old training space on Missouri Street, proclaiming in three foot high letters, feel the fear and do it anyway. Imagining her all those years flying through the air, a quote from Norman again sprang into my head. The imagination leaps from the known to the unknown, soaring beyond facts to visions. It lightens up the heavy circumscribed world we think we live in. It plays in the deep end where heart and love hold sway. I returned to the tricycle article by Walpola Sri Rahula and found this. Trying to run away from suffering is actually to run towards it. Peace within oneself is to be found in the same place as agitation and suffering. It is not found in a forest or on a hilltop, nor is it given by a teacher. Where you experience suffering, you can also find freedom from suffering. Last Wednesday, Norman walked us straight into the heart of the difficulty of right effort. 
I've been thinking a lot about war, he said. Wars of aggression seem easy, just don't do them. Defensive wars are more complicated. If crazy men are rushing toward at top speed with deadly weapons to rape your women and kill your children, what? You can lay down in front of them, put your body on the line. Does it help? Does it help to pray or meditate? Should you be peaceful? Is there a time when you have to fight? Do you know who to kill? Do you know how and when to kill? Do you know how to stop? How can you have compassion for your enemy when your task is to muster your enemy energy to kill him? I have no answers, he said. Robert J. Lifton's Surviving Art Catastrophe suggests if life is unsustainable as we have become accustomed to living it, it is likely up to survivors, people who have stared into the abyss of catastrophe to imagine and enact new ways of living. And when I asked my painter friend from Tokyo what she does when nothing comes, she said, I do what my teacher Kaz Tanahashi says to do. I pick up the brush. Let us who are not suffering the plight of war right now and who in this present moment do not know those most awful of choices. Support those who are living that catastrophe by going to the garden, the blank page, the kitchen, the empty canvas, the classroom, the unmarked score, the marketplace, the darkened stage, the hospital, the street. Prevent, abandon, unwholesomeness in ourselves. Cultivate, maintain wholesomeness in ourselves. Keep our work in front of us. Understand what is coming towards us. Trust it even if today it's just the color blue. Be open. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Listen to those, including yourself, who have survived catastrophe. Pick up the brush. Sit. Every gift we give, every creative urge we follow into our human suffering, no matter how simple it might seem, may lead us out. I'd like, John, to share a little film that was made by my collaborator friend, my animation collaborator friend, who took me to that animation festival. It's called The Present Moment, and I love it because it doesn't try to clean up the scratchy 
record audio and it doesn't clean up the flashes of light or maybe they're a little bit too much and it speaks to me and I hope it speaks to you. Thank you.
as this planet falls around the sun again and I breathe you in I breathe you out you are the pulse beneath my skin Go silent for a minute. question that you would like to give people for breakout? I think those questions that I asked, um, perhaps we could use those. Um, Say them again. The one where you ask yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, would yeah. you say them again? And then Laura, would you put us into breakout groups of pairs, please? Yeah. So, um, what calls you to create? What do you do if nothing comes? You can also ask yourself what keeps you from creating. Mm. What calls you to create? Ask mm-hmm. yourself. What happens if nothing comes? Ask yourself. And the third one. What keeps you from creating? What keeps you from creating? Ask yourself. 